0: Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Made to Think. We're your host, Ninjam. Yet again, I have a very special guest. This guy's a bit of a legend for me, a very old friend, um, one of the busiest men in the world, like literally probably more busier than Elon Musk. Um, he's a he's a hero in, in my hometown, Manchester. So many people love him um he's done so much for the community and um, he's, he's created jobs for so many people he's just a very very positive ball of, of light and it took me a year to get him on this podcast he was the first person i ever asked so it's um it's a great honor to have one of my uh, oldest friends uh, in the record business uh, it's the one and only mr andy Cleek from manchester uh hello sir how are you tonight
1: Hello, I'm fine, thank you. Sorry, sorry it's took so long. We've got there in the end now.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Um just let let the people know a little bit about who you are and uh, what you're up to.
1: Yeah, well what you, what, from the start of present day. <laughs>
0: um at the moment, yeah. We'll go into the past in a sec.
1: Yeah, so so at the minute, obviously I've i um I own um uh, um a uh, events company, uh, multiple events companies, production company, bowlers exhibition centre, Trafford Park. And also into property as well. So at the minute, I'm kind of spreading myself between um investing in properties, opening bars. So we opened a shoot bar in Ashton, which is the first one that we opened down there. So I've got like um a lot of interesting property and and bars and restaurants, etc. I bought like a couple of old theatres and cinemas that we, we we're restoring, uh, reopening. So that that that's I'm quite busy with that in a minute. But then obviously the biggest thing that we do is events. So um the comic cons that that we 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 do um all over the uk now we're, we're kind of selling out from you know edinburgh liverpool liverpool's our big flagship show um that sells out twice a year with forty thousand people um and we're increasing in size now we're taking on the whole albert dock area with the big wheel and the M&S arena so we're just waiting for capacity on that but you're talking yeah fifty thousand plus um so yeah comic cons um exhibitions that's probably the, the biggest thing that we do um big massive consumer events do on average um we're doing 27 this year <laughs> so That's uh insane. fairly busy so the season takes in two weeks um and then between that we do live music festivals other events and try and be a dad as well
0: wow now i must have met you i think it was probably around 2002 2003 i, I was working at unique records and i don't remember you calling me to to book a an appointment you just turned up at the warehouse in your, in your BMW and you went yo um I've got a record shop um where was your record shop what was it called
1: yeah that's how it all started so it was Ashton Underline we had a, a a shop called Void Records and um I think we um we kind of looked you up online seeing where you was and I think because you was in Bolton and we was in Ashton it was like you know I'll well, jump in the car and just get down there so I think that's what it, what it was we just got down there and like you say it was um I think you was one of our main suppliers for several years wasn't you?
0: Yeah, so I, I met you basically. And um, what I used to do with suppliers, especially ones who took the time to come down, because it was mostly an online phone job, you never really met a lot of the, the suppliers, uh, your customers. But well, you used to come down in your car and just what I would do is I'd put some records aside for you and yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh,
0: I always got it right. That box used to sell yeah. like hotcakes <laughs> and then, yeah, we, we, uh, we, it just went from strength to strength. So you started with this little, um, shop called Void. I remember you was also selling uh DJ mixes, right? You remember the, the old yeah, days? Really CDs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, we started out, it was 2000, I think it was 2002 when we opened Void and, right. um, the way it started, I, I was kind of I was going out a lot of the time. I love love going out, partying, socializing. Yeah. Um, that was a big part of my life then. So um, I used to go up to Sheffield quite a bit. So we used to go to um, like niche and places like that. Um, and and I started going in uh, Reflex Records in Sheffield, buying like mix CDs and stuff. So um, and I think that's where we got our first load of vinyl from because when we opened a shop, we didn't know where to go really. So yeah. obviously we started getting stuff from um, Reflex in Sheffield or from Martin Leverton. Um, So then after that, obviously, we opened the shop. We got onto other contacts like, you know, contacts like yourselves um, and obviously started getting our own distributors and suppliers. Um, But yeah, the mixed CDs, um, we just, yeah, obviously, because we love music. And that was a big thing we love going out. And it was like, right, let's do our own CDs. And we started a compilation off the Void compilation. And yeah. it'd be literally just spread all over not just Manchester. I remember like going to parties in Liverpool and people would be like, Haven't, you know, got our CDs on it was brilliant. So literally we, we um from that small shop in Ashton, we had people coming from all over Greater Manchester and it was like the hottest CDs at the time. And people would just come down, you know, pull up in cars, come in, buy ten CDs and off they went for a a couple of weeks. And, you know, um, you know went out partying and come back and grab the next uh, volumes when it was out so yeah they really caught on and we did different volumes we did a UK garage set we did a, a funky house set we did like all different genres basically and they uh yeah it was very popular for a very long time
0: excellent now you grew up in Manchester you're a proper Manchester lad Man United fan um you 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 are a, a natural entrepreneur was this your first experience with your own business or had you done something prior to that yeah, no,
1: that was it. That was it, really. I mean, yeah, it was, it was like literally my dad had a spare shop and he was like, he didn't know what to do with it. So I, I was kind of, you know, he give his son an opportunity and I just said, can I let me do something in there? And I think I was walking, um, we was in Ashton one day and I was walking, it was Kenny Kenny Hibbert, actually. Um, right. We watched this. Uh, but yeah, I was wa- walking along with Kenny and he just kind of, I was kind of saying, I'm not, I'm not sure what to do with the shop. And it was, I think it was actually him that said it. And he said, um, why don't you um, look at opening a vinyl shop? That's when vinyl was, you know, big. Um, he said all the DJs are going from like, you know, to Manchester to you know, blue vinyl, etc. Even my shop, which I bought in the future, like Reflex places like that, vinyl exchange. Um, and he said, you know, there's a big there's you know, a lot of DJs in the area who would come to your shop and that was it. So I said, Yeah, let's do it. So um it was a good idea, and I thought, let's let's give it a crack. And that was kind of it. And we opened a shop, like I say, at first it was going to reflex, then obviously we found yourselves and other people. Um, yeah, we opened the record shop and it was we used to have um, DJ days on Saturday. It was brilliant. So through the week, fairly quiet. <laughs> it was just, it was just all the weekend. It was just amazing. We we used to have um, what we used to do is we used to book DJs in to play an hour set on a Saturday. So from ten o'clock, we used to do sets every day from ten till five. We used to like book a DJ in. We used to bring all the mates down. The shot was hammered, and obviously one thing led to another. And we used to end up partying all night, and going out. But it was just that- brilliant days. It was just great days. But you was doing something you loved, like obviously you know music you know the whole thing like you know socializing with people so we we we'd we'd have these parties in a short and inevitably we'd end up, end up out to like tuesday you know um and yeah that was that was life for a, for a good few years
0: <laughs> i think i think that's what you probably don't realize this about yourself you are a master of doing things that you love and it just re- resonates so well with everybody else you found that thing like you get up in the morning you're just so you're so keen to do what, what you really love and it really pays off on it and um, think- so uh, i remember you know using that was the, what i would call the boom town it was still booming for vinyl sales like um how many records do you reckon you were selling back then at weekend or
1: it, it was always like like I say it was fr- fr- friday so we used to stay open a bit later on friday because people yeah. started coming in and getting the records for dj on that night but then yes yeah, saturday was just a busy day and we we do like you know big titles do 20 30 copies easily of a big title you know um, and, and the shop we, we used to have, like like I say, we used to have, you know, you knew yourself with the orders we was doing, was doing between five and thirty vinyls, you know, and sometimes we do reorders as well. So people was coming from far and wide, all, you know, some good DJs coming down there picking the stuff up. Good times.
0: So what was your favourite clubs in Manchester back then? Because you know, you took me to a few down here, uh, Bridge and yeah. all that. I wish I didn't usually go down the area, but
1: yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I mean Ashton, obviously, and that's what I'm reinvesting into at the minute. Like in its, but in its heyday, it was, it was. Hello, All over the world. i never seen a Sunday night like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, that was only 15, 20 years ago as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I used to go out everywhere from, you know, all over the place, Liverpool. But like Ampersand, we used to go there, you know, you um, know, you know, Smokies, places like that, even Monroe's in Blackburn where um, we used to have some fun times. But, yeah, it was literally, it was everywhere. I remember Apple Jacks back in, you know, um, the early 2000s, Fluid, you know, all these places in in Manchester, basically. That was like the regular places that we used to go. Um, But, yeah, some great, great memories down there, great clubs. No so office.
0: music, clubland, all of this stuff—you, you, you're so heavily invested in that, um, soulfully. And yeah. um, no matter what you do, there's always a bit of music around your life, right? So I left England in 2007. I, I quit Unique. I got fired from Unique like 2005, <laughs> 2006. Yeah, we, we're all, we're, we're all groovy now. Um, but you know, I was very bitter. I wanted to get the fuck out of England. Um, my DJ career, sort of. I, I don't know. At, at the time, I. I I sort of ran away from a lot of things, but all, of, all the people I thought were a problem, I've confronted them since, and you find out that nothing happened with them, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 so, yeah. yeah, that's a little tip for listeners, like don't, don't try and run away from problems, deal with them. So, what what was going on with you then? Because last, I, didn't, I didn't see you for ages, I lost contact with you, and then I found out you own bowlers, but what were you doing yeah, from yeah. that period when I was traveling around yeah. the world?
1: It what was happened? a big gap there, to be honest. I think 2007, I moved to a we, we we um obviously like you know we, we had the record shop, and then 2006, I went to Ibifa for and went on a boat party, and I thought I can do this. I want to do it again. Yeah. Everything branches from everything I've done is branched from what I love doing. So at that time, I love going party and I love you know socialising and meeting people.
0: We were there at the same year, weren't we? I was DJing around yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I got I lost yeah. you there as well. Yeah. So you went you went to Ib for. What happened next?
1: Yeah, so we got, basically, it was it was literally great, great wild days. I just literally got a transit van. I I, um, I kidnapped a, me- a mechanic. I thought it was a smart idea because if a breakdown, he could fix my van on the way to Spain. But um, <laughs> I got a sound system in the back, t- 10 grand, and off I went. So me and a mechanic drove to uh, Ibiza um, over the um, uh, Channel Tunnel, uh, drove all the way to Spain, and we just rocked up in Ibiza, just literally transit van, you know um pocket full of cash and a sound system in the back um and we literally set up um stayed over there done a bit of networking and then set up our boat passes over there so we did we was over as a bee for boatparty.com and then eventually we we, we ended up doing the um we got we got pally with garlands and we did the garlands boat and we did that boat for many years and it was like the most successful wildest boat parties you could ever imagine it was amazing um, uh, so how, it, did, it was... uh,
0: how does that how does that play out with people who've who've already set up pies? Does nobody give you any shit for doing that? Like you know, muscling in or no, I, you keep...
1: no not really. I mean, at the time we, we knew a lot of people in it. Like like say, it's we we networked so quickly over there. I mean, there, we, there was like pucker up over there, but it was yeah. nothing, nothing like yeah, nothing nothing like that. Um, obviously people don't like it when you know you, you some people certain people don't like it when you when you're not successful but no there was never any issues I mean we knew everyone over there anyway and knew all you know all the people over there so no it was quite a it was just a great fun time literally lasted four years and had the time in my life so yeah it, so what, what I did was I lived in Ibiza seasonally so I used to drive back and then um, on the fourth year, um, at, at this point, we'd we'd move from um, Ashton Void Records to um, we we bought the uh, big a bigger shop in Manchester, so Reflex Records came up for sale. So uh, again, that. it was a natural progression. I thought, yeah, you know what, City Centre, bigger shop, let's go for it. So we bought Reflex, and then um, the business was suffering basically. Yeah. Uh, when I was in beefer because obviously, you know, my, 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 my eye wasn't on, you know, what was going on back home. So we used to go over all summer, come back, you know, things weren't, you know, things were adding up sometimes as well. And I, I was never there. So I made the decision to do my final season over there and come home. Um, right. And I did one season in Ironhapa as well. So we did both parties in Ironhapa before I come back. And then, yeah, came home, basically. Um, right. So, yeah, came home um, and concentrated on, on the shot then. But it was at that time where you know yourself when obviously you know um, cdj's came in so vinyl started um de- you know declining um and it just went with it it was a natural progression really where you know vinyl was just going you know the sales were going down people were just getting cdjs and that's all what people wanted so um we I, learned- fun. I,
0: I always remember playing Revolution with Freighter and Stent, and um we were vinyl heads. Like you know, we were always taking care of each other and stuff. But then I always remember Freighter having these CDs promos, and I was like, "What the fuck is that song?" <laughs> and it, it became very competitive. Whereas before, yeah, yeah. somebody get a promo, you'd play that, and then you'd say, "Oh, don't worry, I'll sort you out as soon as it's out." Um, but with the CDs, it was it was. I felt like it were really really. Yeah, people were jumping over each other to try and play the new songs. Mm Um, so in hindsight, do you regret moving from that place? In Ashton to a bigger to a bigger place or
1: not no I don't regret anything i've done to be honest it was oh. um it was natural progression the right move obviously always, 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 always miss the old shop obviously it's your roots and where you came from um yeah. but we carried on the void name anyway that still goes on to today we still do, do we still do mixes today and put things out so we carried we carried on the name and it was like i say it was a natural progression and um you know like i say vinyl declined and we turned into an old tech um outfit then and we just sold all pioneer stuff and you know, we had all all the main accounts, Alan and Eve. You know, all the big big suppliers. So we literally sold DJ equipment then, um, for for qu- quite a lot of years, um, and then it was kind it's kind of around then where I, when I came home, I was doing like small nightclubs, and it was I think it was 2012. I did like my first big big event, um, and then that kind of gave me the taste for it, and it was in bowlers. Obviously, I didn't own it or anything then um but an opportunity came up um to do an event and I kind of did it through my shop so we got sponsorship from Pioneer and Sennheiser and all these companies and we come up with a concept of um it was called exposure where we give people the chance to play on a big stage um and then they, you know it worked brilliantly we got sponsorship for, for it and we give lots of people the chance to play on it. like like I say massive stage at bowlers and we sold about 4000 tickets and then that kind of gave me the taste for it then you know of 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 doing big events and it kind of went from there, really. We did a, then I did Sidewinder, um, at the first like, one back in Manchester after many years. And we got about 4,000 people in for that. And it kind of, you know, that's where it kind of came from. And I kind of, you know, wanted to do more and more and, and get bigger and bigger.
0: Yeah, that's funny because uh, for those that don't know what he's talking about, about Bowlers, Bowlers was this giant warehouse rave. And uh, my old yeah. boss, John Joe Waddicker, was the uh, resident DJ there with like, Uh, nipper and stuff like that i mean this this was a dirty get down and sweaty place and then it kind of just lost its touch nobody was going there anymore and you you sort of brought it back to life again by doing events so you bought the place right you bought the whole place
1: yeah an an opportunity came up yeah like years ago and and, um yeah in, in the end we've ended up buying the place and it's um it's like I say, It's it, when we came in there, it was known for raves, car boot sales, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and that's what we was doing when we came in there. And it was, it, again, it's a natural progression. You know, we started putting more events in there, um, put more music events. And it was like a, a natural progression where, you know, we put more and more events in, was doing bigger festivals, more high profile events. And obviously we started moving into different um, territories like exhibitions and expos, et cetera. Um, and it came to a point where because at that point when it came we were still doing computer markets i things. so that was on a saturday and um the, the car boot was on a sunday so the computer markets ended up declining finishing that was again a natural progression it was cds had come in and um sorry the internet had come in and took over people were just buying everything online so it couldn't survive um, wow. the car boot lasted longer but again we got to a point where with it where it was kind of is this good for the venue you know it was declining um it, it was a mess, you know on 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 a, after after an event. A lot of times, um, like Simon would be, um, you know, it, we we do a rave and then he'd be turning it round like literally be shutting at four in the morning and we be open the car boot sale at five. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was like mayhem. so um, yeah, it's like that was it was just getting to the point where we thought, is there any point doing this, you know? And again, it's we kinda of, we got to the point now where. A lot of things with us it's profile like you know we 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 want the venue to have a good reputation of all the best brands in in here and everything and yeah it's just it's just literally the venue we've like spent money on it over time we've changed the demographic of what's coming in here so a lot of obviously the bread and butter stuff we do is like boxing and you know cage fighting mma and stuff but the you know the bigger things that we're doing now we're doing like um a hot wheels um experience you know with um with uh you know live nation um e things um obviously i do a lot of my own events in here as well comic cons etc so we've completely changed the the whole look and the whole you know thing of bowlers and and it's a work in progress we've got a lot of building work going on which will be completed in the next 3 or 4 years but when we get it to where we want it to there'll be a multi-story car park and exhibition centre at extension hotel you know, food courts on it. It'll be an amazing complex, but obviously this is like a five-year vision, you know, where we'll come to uh, reality um, within the next five years.
0: Wow. I'm, I'm very surprised. I think only you could have turned that place around because it. I think it was on its last legs and it had a bit of a stigma attached to it as well. It did, it, but It did have a stigma,
1: right? Yeah, it did have a stigma and sometimes it's like, it's, it's you know, it's hard to... to but. Again, when you love what you're doing and you've got passion and determination, that's the thing. And and it was like, you know, the size of the place, that's the thing. It, it did yeah. have a, a bit of a stigma. But what other size venue in the in the not in not, not just in the northwest, in, in the whole of the UK, what licensed premises is it like that? And and that's you know, it's it was it's a great space. You've got on-site parking, you know, you've got yeah. four or five hundred vehicles you can get on site, eighty-five thousand square foot of, you know, exhibition space. And it's a brilliant space. So obviously, you know, when you move away from that and you change the demographic of people that come and you change the events that come in there, obviously it's a matter of time before, you know, people realise what's happening and you change the face of it.
0: I think that's genius, mate, to be honest. Um, so let's get into this now. So then you, you've now got this company called Monopoly, and um, for the listeners, just to break it down, uh, Andy's doing these uh events, he does the love of horror, love of sci fi, love of MMA, and and we're talking like the ones you see in America Comic Con. Um, you're 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 the UK, uh, explain how you got the Comic Con, or just how did you start with these events? What was the first one? Let's, start, yeah, start I think. With I
1: think- I'll go back a bit then before when I said I did them, I think it's about 2012. We did Exposure and it was, we did Sidewinder and that really gave me a taste. I want to, you know, I want to do big events. I want to put, I don't want to do little nightclubs with 300 yeah. people or you know, 500 people. I want, I want to do events with thousands of people and it kind of gave me the taste for it. So we did start doing bigger and bigger, like, like, like music events, you know, Um, but in 2015 at the big, obviously the big break happened. It was, um, it was an idea that I had. Um, now, I love all things 80s, and that's, again, that's one of my passions, you know what I mean? I, I love 80s stuff, um, vintage Star Wars figures. I love retro arcade machines. I just love anything 80s, really, because that's what I was brought up in. Transformers, you know, anything yeah. 80s related. So we had the idea to do um, a Star Wars event, and I thought, you know what, I'll do it two weeks before the film comes out, because obviously everyone <laughs> will be, you know, in Star Wars frenzy, and it'll work well. But it was we, we announced that event a year before, full year before, um, So it wasn't actually the, the things that we we did on that event. Again, it's all come from passion. So I've never been to a comic con. I don't. I didn't know what a comic con was at all. So um, um, I did whatever I thought would what I would I, what I would want to go and see. Basically, right, right. So, so I I I thought you know what I'd love to go and see a full size X wing. I'd love to go and see a full size Scout Walker just stood there. I'd love to see an Ewok village with Ewoks in it. Do you know what I mean? So that's what I did. So literally we put out. Um, we, we commissioned prop builders and stuff, and it's all dead exciting at the time. It was all brand new. It was dead fresh, something I'd never done before. And literally within, it was, it, you know, the event was in December, and we got on sale in January, and we was on sale a couple of weeks. And then when we started putting plans out for what we was doing, it got picked up by the Manchester Evening News. And I remember, because we used to list events on Skiddle at the time, and obviously you're used to looking at it and, you know, seeing a few tickets sell. And I actually logged on. And I, and I thought it was, was something. It was broke, and it was like we we we'd done like twenty grand of tickets in an hour or something like that. And I was like, but obviously this is when you know, like I'd only done a couple of big events. I've never seen sales like it. And I was like, what's going on? And then I realised it was this Manchester Evening News article. So literally, it, it absolutely snowballed at that point. And then all the major press started picking up. And then world, it was like national press picks up the BBC, ITV. Everyone wanted to interview us, and it was just literally happened overnight. So we sold out in January, 21,000 tickets over the space of life. But, um, we did it over four days and we had to session it as well because it was so busy. We we sessioned like morning sessions, the afternoon sessions. And yeah, we, we completely sold out. And um, that was our first event. So that was December 2015. Um, that was a Star Wars event. So it's was the story. one where you
0: had, didn't you have a problem with them? They, didn't they come in? Yes, yeah,
1: um... so it. It's a fun story, really. <laughs> you, you told me this, but you, please share it. Yeah, what happened? I knew, knew you bring that up. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so, you so don't
0: get away with this. <laughs> come
1: on, what happened? Yeah, basically, we put this event out. So we we did it quite carefully because obviously we didn't want to break any rules uh you know break any intellectual property rules and get ourselves sued. So we, we went through Disney now, Disney, as far as we was concerned, owned Lucasfilm. So we thought, right, we you know, we're going to the main place uh, and, and we was, you know, we wasn't doing anything wrong. So when we was doing this event, we, we've got it all in writing. We we kind of we kind of like you know, went to Disney Disney said, Look, can we are we okay doing this? And he was like, Absolutely fine, it's a fan convention, fine. So e- even when we use their images, we got permission on every single image that we, we use. So he's like, Are we okay using this image of a stormtrooper? And he'd say, Yeah, just don't use any from the Force Awakens. So all he was bothered about is don't use anything from the new film, classic right. stuff, you're absolutely fine with. So he was like, Brilliant, absolutely fantastic. So anyway, that's where we got to to the point where we sold the 21,000 tickets. Now, I was going to go on sale with another three weeks because it was that popular and you could see the demand. And then at that point, just as I was about to press a button on another three weeks of um, ticket sales, um, we got a cease and desist from Lucasfilm. So when we got it through the post, it's like a serious document. It's like the yellow pages, you know what I mean? It's like literally extensive. It had all pictures in there and everything. Um, and we, we got he got certain accountants, got certain home addresses everywhere, you know, via email. So anyway, straight away, we was like, look, we've got permission to do this. And they was like, you know, come back. No, you haven't. So he was like, no, we have here's the evidence. And then we sent everything through. So when we sent it all through, they went silent. So then we was like, what's, you know, what's going on kind of thing. So we ended up chasing them, going, look, you sent all this cease and desist stuff. We'd like to know what's, you know, what, what your, you know, what your thoughts are on this. So in the end, they kind of um it took them a couple of weeks to come back, but they basically said it was like, Look, we we don't want you to do this event. So we was like, Look, we've we've already sold the tickets, we'd like your permission to put this on. They were saying no. So we was like, Okay, well, we're gonna if we do pull it, obviously this is just before you new film, it's not gonna look great, you know. It, it, and you know, that's that's how it's gonna look. And you know, you're gonna have 21,000 fans disappointed that you're not coming to this event. Um, you know, we we we, we, we suggest suggest you rethink this. So right. um, in the end, they thought about it and he come back and he said, "Right, you can do it, but nice. we don't want you to do another one."
0: <laughs> oh, sure. So like,
1: yeah, no, exactly. So we, I was like, "Well, I want to do another one. I've just sold 20, 21,000 tickets, you know." So like anyone would, but we 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 kind of I, I kind of thought, you know what? I don't want to be going to war with Lucasfilm. You know, we've got money to burn. I just want to put this because at that point, actually, at the beginning, it was really exciting and fun. As Mm -hmm. soon as this happened, it started turning a bit horrible and it was all like, you know what, it's getting a bit stressful nowadays, you know what I mean? So I kind of, I was glad to just put it to bed. But one thing that we did do is we built a canteen bar. We got that officially licensed. So that's still licensed to this day. It's the only officially licensed one in the world. Um, (laughs) So we got to include that in the contract. We agreed not to do another Star Wars event. And then we rebranded the year after, so we went from f- "For the Love of the Force" to "For the Love of Sci-Fi." So that was 2016. But then it was like it actually it benefited us because then I realized, you know what? I can do Battlestar Galactica. I can do, you know all, um, You know Transformers. I can do other sci-fi re- sci-fi related stuff. So we rebranded to "For the Love of Sci-Fi" and included all of the genres. Um, so at that point, it was the first event, the only big. Big guest that we had on there was Dave Prowse from uh, who was Darth Vader. Yeah. Um On the second event, that's when we start started networking a bit more. Um Got um, we bought Dirt Benedict, Michael Bean, people like that, and then I become friends with Dirt Benedict as well. Oh um, my
0: god! that was Galactica, Yeah, eighteen. You know, first celebrity
1: mate. <laughs> face, <laughs> he's
0: face from eighteen, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'll tell you
1: a funny story, actually, if you want. So anyway, so, 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 face out of the eighteen. So anyway, we we. Um, we booked him, and at that point, obviously, I've never done an event before, so I thought, you know, I want to look after my big guest. I'm going to go pick him up myself. Right. And um, So, anyway, I got to the airport, ended up being, this is the first big celebrity that I bought. So, I ended, ended up getting stuck in traffic, um, got there late, and, obviously, he's quite, he's, he's, quite, you know, he's quite aggressive. He's quite, you know, he doesn't mince his words anyway. So, I remember when I walked <laughs> in, and, like, Dirk Benedict, I could see the back of him, and I went, "Hi, hey, is that Dirk? And he turned around, like, where the hell have you been? And, like, really started giving it to me, you know what I mean? I was like... Shit, you know,
0: like <laughs> just
1: have that soundtrack. Yeah, it's not a good start. this. So I was like, "Look, really sorry." He's like, "You shook your hair with a name, you know, a plaque with with my name on it." I was like, "I know, I should have." Sorry, I was stuck in traffic. So anyway, it pro- progressively got worse. So um anyway, got got to the car. Anyway, it's, went to turn the engine on. The engine didn't come on. I was like, "Oh, oh my god!"
0: god. Yeah, so <laughs> the
1: engine didn't come on. So anyway, he sat there. I'm trying to make a conversation. So then, I, 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 luckily, it started. Um, I don't even know what was like wrong with it to this day. It, 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 it was just one of them freak things. So anyway, we yeah. started driving, it was raining, he was freezing, then the heaters wouldn't come on. So he's freezing cold in the car. We're on our way to Bolton to the Macron Stadium because we had oh a whole in White We're actually where you were unique, your place. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're anyway, driving down the motorway, and I could feel the car slowly losing power. I'm like, oh, shit, this is not good. Go. You know, this is terrible. So, anyway, we literally, the heaters wouldn't come on. All the windows had steamed up, so we couldn't see out the windows. I'm, like, rubbing the window, you know, like, trying to see through it. We ended up just about getting to the um, the, the Macron Stadium, pulled in, and, and we literally broke down as we pulled in. But I was just, like, thankful. Like, thank God for that. Do you know what I mean? We got here alive. So anyway, I was like, that's it now. Nothing else can go wrong. Anyway, took him inside. Um, we booked an early check-in, and then the early check-in wasn't ready. Yeah, so exactly. we got there at like eight o'clock, half eight in the morning. He's had an all-night flight, not happy. Gone in there and his room's not ready.
0: <laughs> <So> oh my <laughs> the, lord. The
1: room ready. So it was like one o'clock. I was like, Oh, I just wanted to die. So we had to sit with him and like obviously quietly, you know, you know, like pushed him along with it. And we got him in the room by about half eleven. Well, that's my fir- that's my start with a big celebrity. So you know when it's, it's it was a bad experience to be fair. But we've become good friends. It was it was it was good after that. Um, so who else the- have you? Who,
0: what after this love of sci-fi? What happened next? You you then did something yeah,
1: else, so, right? Yeah, did it was that event. That, that event went well. Obviously not as good as the first one. Um, but you know we, we did we did okay with it. We, we filled we filled. You know Saturday was full. Sunday was about 50%, 60 percent. Um, so then we went to 2017, and that was when everything exploded. Um, so we'd done a couple of years, we'd done the, the Star Wars event, we'd done the, the second sci fi follow up. But then I started really networking and networking big agents, you know, some direct contacts as well. And that was the first big lineup we put on, and that absolutely sold out again. So we had like Dolph Lundgren, Billy D. Williams, Um, um we had David Asselhoff, you know, That's people amazing. of that caliber. Um, William Shatner. Um, so wow. for me, this was like a major lineup, but, and it literally completely sold out again. Um, so that's when I first tasted again, like it it get, you know, this stuff isn't it, it it you know, it's fun when your tickets are selling, but then on the day when things don't quite go right, and that one in 2017, because I've never put on a, uh, an event with um that many celebrity signings all at once. We, under, we underestimated, like, the queuing systems. We thought, like, when we did it originally, we, we we put a system in place, and it looks okay. If I knew what I knew now, then, uh, it would have been a completely different kettle of fish. But, obviously, you learn off your mistakes. Oh, so we've absolutely. Learned on that event, it, we, it was... The thing is, I was in at the deep end. It was absolutely hammered, and everyone was sold out, all, all the guests. And, obviously, we learned about on that, you know, it was a... stressful weekend but we obviously learned how to put queuing systems into place and do you know even learn about virtual queues and stuff like that um so the, the event was great but we had queues that was like an hour long sometimes um, you know, so obviously you know, people you know, they don't like queuing for, for, for a long time. The thing is when you go to a place like London, the queue for four hours, but at that time I think we got a bit of a lot of stick because nobody knew what the event was. So obviously when you're in a queue to you know, when you're seeing big celebrities, you are gonna queue. But you know, people obviously was quite vocal online. So obviously that was a bit yeah. of a it was a bit of sweet um experience because we 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 smashed it, we put on, you know, sold it out. In general, it did brilliantly, but I I was beating myself up over that because I wanted to, it, it to go perfect, and obviously the cues, you know, were, were quite big, and that's one thing on that show which we have we actually learned a lot of. Um, that's so yeah, a little
0: that's, bit it's a little bit like when you go to a fairground and it's really busy and you know you're spending all day queuing for rides is that what you mean yeah. people, were yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: so the people are queuing up to see these celebrities but obviously they're going to have big queues you know you get oh. people buying autographs you get people going in photo shoots but at that time we'd not done photo shoots before so we didn't refine the you know right. how to do it you know like how to put the you know so how, how to do the schedules the, the, the way they should be uh, right. uh, you know how to have diamond lanes and different stuff like that so it was, like I say, it was a big learning curve. But that so then, it was so,
0: so. then, this is your, this was your baby. But then Comic Con came after that, right? Because you don't. Yeah, what, exactly what is it with is... Comic Con? You sublease that? How does it no, work? No,
1: no, no. It's, it's like so, so. this was the exact time when it happened. So I, I went away from that show, like right, Really depressed. Like, I, you know, like I can't believe something. Like, you know, beating myself up in general. I was like, what's wrong with me? It was great, but I was like, no, I'm not happy because obviously that it didn't go perfect for me. So the opportunity then came because this was December. Um, and it was a big company in the UK. Did these events uh, called MCM, but they sold themselves to Repot, which is a huge organization in America. You know, um, um, and, and they bought basically bought out MCM. I uh, so was just the... about
0: to ask why nobody else was doing this, so they got bought yeah, out. So, right. Okay. So, so
1: MCM got bought out, and, and when MCM got bought out, they had um, they had I think it was seven or eight locations. So they had London, Birmingham, Manchester, Edinburgh. Liverpool Northern Ireland Etc so as soon as it came in the new the, the new they the, the, the dropped three of the shows immediately so the, one of them was Liverpool that's where my big break came um for this kind of stuff so it was a great opportunity for me because I was kind of licking my wounds from December and yeah. then this came along and it was like suicide it was like the, it was in March so they wanted to put this event on for March they put it out to tender so I went for it and a cut long story short I got it so wow. we had at that point, we had eight weeks on to put this comic on. So then it was like, you know, this is, you know, we've got to really, you know, be on our A-game to get, you know, get the people through the door. The other thing is MCM has sent out major signals everywhere that it was cancelled. So everybody thought it was cancelled. So you're up against that as well. Right. We didn't have any kind of page, database or anything in that area. So obviously we started right from scratch. We cut a long story short, we put on a decent, like, good lineup. up uh, We had, like, Lou Ferringo, the Incredible Hulk people like that. And we got about, I think it's about twelve and a half thousand people through the door, and operationally it went absolutely like a, you know, so smooth. And then I, I it was kind of, um, it was a great opportunity for me because otherwise I would have had to wait a full year to to kind of prove myself again. Do you know what I mean? So it comes <laughs> to the time where I did a bigger show than what we did, at, you know, like at Bowlers, pulled it off with no no, you know, operational problems at all. And then I proved to myself and obviously all our customers that, you know, we can do, you know, pull off these shows and have the right systems in place and, you know, you can come and have a great time. So yeah, it was great. So we did Liverpool and then we kind of, it was that year where that was when I started seeing opportunities. And so it was like 2018 and to be honest, the rest of it's kind of history. So we, um, I kind of thought, you know what, I'll do this in these other places. So, we got Edinburgh, was the next one. The Royal, um, the first place we did that was only about 10,000 capacity. So, the first after the first year, we moved to the Royal Highland Centre, which is really big. So, we get we sell it out now with 33,000 people. So, the next shows that came along was, um, Edinburgh, um, and they also did horror as well. So, we did for the love of horror in yeah. Boulder in Manchester. So, that's a niche audience, brilliant event. So what we've done, we we built those events up, and then the year after it was literally I just went wild after that. It was like literally right, I was just like scouting areas out, you know what I mean? And we, we was building shows, and it's very hard building shows, it takes three years to build them. Um, but initially, like I said, it wasn't you know financially successful at all at the beginning, and other people would have quit because right. you know, we we was losing money. But I right. knew it was, you know, I, I knew what would you know over the course of time. You don't just build a business and make money straight away. It happens over a period of time. So it's like I say with any event that I do now, I always give it three years, and that's where right. you see, you know, um, you know, you see the actual results. So, um, yeah, we, um, yeah, sorry, go on.
0: No, so I just want to like when you talk about people like Lou Fringle, and um, for me, it's super nostalgic. I, I'd get more stashed up with those guys than I would with like new superstars. You know, yeah,
1: I, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and, I, and, and I, so I was I would. I was booking all 80s guests because that's what I loved. Um, so like initially, like I say, I was booking all 80s people. And that's That was everything, you know. We, we used to book like Hasselhoff, people like that. But as the time went by, we've actually now realized that the markets on like Netflix, Stranger Things, Cobra Kai, all these things, all these new franchises, they, they, they're so big, you know, like Supernatural, Vampire Diaries, you know, we, we've realized now that there's actually bigger markets with the younger audience. So a lot of our our shows developed. Initially, it was like 80s guests, all retro stuff. But then over the years, it's developed into modern stuff. So what we do now, we try and strike a happy medium where we've got, re- you know, retro style guests. But a lot of it, 70, 80% of it is all is all new stuff. Um, But yeah, like I say, them shows, we built them up. And then I think it was about 2019, we just literally moved into other areas. And we've seen um going into 2020 is when COVID hit. But we um we kind of um uh, we seen Northern Ireland, uh, we seen Wales and literally opportunities all over the country. So we started branching out in all these different areas. COVID happened, obviously was not a great thing. Um wasn't a great thing for bowlers as well, because obviously we were shut down for 18 months, but we made wow. use of that time. So we we um we built a VIP area, redid a lot of the um exhibition centre, um, and we actually put events on on sale through COVID that sold out. So then when we came back into um um we did our last event before COVID, it was about a few weeks before like COVID kicked in it. We just got it in there and it was a, a Liverpool Comic Con. It sold out and that was 20 2020, it was. And we had like David Harbour, Elijah Ward. That was our first big, big event that completely sold out that had like you know 30 odd thousand people at it. And then obviously COVID kicked in. So we was out of action. So we just tasted the you know success with you know about 30,000 people sold out, and then we had to stop for two years. So um we kind of went on sale with, with over COVID and then when when obviously COVID finished we did these shows we did Northern Ireland twenty two thousand sold out uh, Edinburgh thirty three thousand sold out Wales uh, sell that one out twelve thousand we sell bowls out multiple times a year and then obviously the, the events have just grown and grown and obviously I've seen up different opportunities and yeah like kind of just sort those opportunities and again always gone with um like my heart you know and what I loved. Um, and what I love doing is obviously building, you know, building these shows now, building this, you know, this, um, you know, the, the, the Monopoly events into what it is, you know, like what we see today and even further. So um, how, how yeah. do you
0: prepare then for these things? Like how long does it take to put it all together before? It's open... like
1: a big, a big shows a full year, you know, like with Liverpool, we're, we're working on it all year round. So when you're doing multiple events, it, it, it really takes it out of you. It's very, very stressful, very, very time consuming 24 hour a day stuff you don't you know you neglect your family sometimes um it, it's, it's not you know it's very very stressful a lot of it but um it takes a certain kind of person as well like you know people who can handle pressure who can take pressure so many things can happen you know uh, we've got a good core team of people as well who obviously work on the events Um, but like i say to prep on something like that it's it, you know like liverpool for example we have like five six seven hundred staff on the weekend working those events um, the last one we had 500 just just weekend staff, but on this one it's gone even bigger now. We're looking at about seven 700. So obviously you can imagine the the, the time and effort that goes into that. It's it's a lot. And and to be fair, he's like me at the top and his people. You know, I have got a, a core team, but it's not huge. You know, you rely on certain people to do certain jobs. Right. Um, but I do a lot of stuff myself. But obviously, you know, the team's growing and and over the. You know, over the next few years, hopefully, we'll get more and more people on board who um, who enjoy it and and can uh, take the pressure. <laughs>
0: wow, you just had you had you and McGregor in the last one, didn't you? Which I would consider he's major. Airless. Yeah. That, that must have been tough to nail that down.
1: Yeah, we've got. Like I say, it's it's, it's great. You know, you meet all these people. It's like you know, you and McGregor. Yeah, it was a great one. Helena Bonham Carter was fantastic at the last event. The the favourite is probably The Undertaker because I made personal friends with him. Yeah. um, And, like, yeah, I've, like, done lots of shows with him, um, become friends with him. um, And it was, yeah, that was... I don't really get starstruck, but with that one, I think it was... um, I used to watch wrestling for about three months when I was about 11, um, and I used to watch the Undertaker. So with him it was quite cool that one. I um yeah, he, he was a um one for myself and really, like a bit of a nostalgic one. Um some of the other guys as well, like you say, when you eat Dolph Lundgren, people like that, those are all, you know, that's Ivan Drago. So, you know, when yeah. you, that's you, you grow up on that stuff when you're a kid, you know. Sean Claude I... Van Damme as well I know,
0: that looked amazing um you, you took him out around manchester did you i saw a few pictures with yeah <laughs> yeah so you
1: know, van damme we've got quite a bit of a history me and van damme now so yeah we, he's done lots of shows with us he's quite a character and we've, we've become good friends so uh yeah jean-claude van damme's one of my good friends now as well so and, and uh, what's
0: this what's this project you do with um john said pierre and the mma thing
1: yeah so that's that, uh, again just seeing the opportunity so um At the minute, because obviously we got so busy with what we're doing, we're going to re-pick that one back up. But basically um, we did an an MMA Comic Con because we do like a wrestling con. So we noticed that obviously, you know, there's a gap in the market there. So we did like a Comic Con, but an MMA one so people could come and meet the fighters. So, you know, the first show we had like Tom Aspinall... uh, you know gsp was um he's doing the show with me so i've kind of like it's done it in a partnership kind of thing yeah so when we pick that back up he's going to be like my partner doing that all over america and and and, and all over the world basically it's incredible but Yeah, we've had um we've done two shows i like anderson silver rampage jackson we've had all the you know the big legends including current guys as well like leon edwards who's now become a friend you know yeah. um, Tom Aspinall, you know people like that. So we've we've, we've literally uh, we've put on a lot of the legends, and also the new current champions as well. So yeah, that's been a that's been that's been fun, and another good thing to develop.
0: And you've got Tommy Fury coming up. Is that oh, has that been done already?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, we've got him coming up. We put him. up. We thought to throw him on a Comic Con. He's obviously very popular, and uh, people, you know, some some, you know, some of these YouTubers, he got huge followings, and people want to see him. Yeah. So again, anything pop culture related, anything you know, any, anything, any famous people that people want to see, obviously that's our market. So, yeah, we've gone into the, you know, the, the YouTuber side of it now as well and the uh, influencers.
0: It's something that I really miss actually about being in England at the moment. Like with my son, there's just not a lot of exposure here for him. Um That's why yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been trying to, you know, figure out how we could get something going over here, but I, I'm not sure you'd be able to do these events in, in another country. You're only based in England, right? Or-
1: no, no, we go, we're, we're going worldwide. I'm, I'm, I'm um. I've just been somewhere recently and then I've got I've got a few other places as well. So I've got I've got a lot of places on the radar. I'm going to keep my mouth shut on where they are at the Uh, minute. I I have got the the thing is the UK now we kind of you know, we're doing a London XL um, in August. We've done we've done the UK now, to be honest. Um, You know, 27 shows up and down the country um, with the market leaders by a long way. You know, it, it happened very quickly. And it's kind of like now, like, what do you do now? And it, obviously, the big, the, the, the obvious thing is go worldwide. So that's what we will be doing. I've got one huge location for 2025 that I'm going to do and put all my effort into. And then after that, it's, it's just going to open up and we'll be doing more and more worldwide locations. Um, So it's just about refining that team at the minute, making sure I've got a team who can look after the UK for me while I go and obviously scout new venues and go and uh, put new deals in place.
0: That's amazing. And um, one of the little intimate gigs that I was very interested in was the one you did with John Cleese. How was he as a guest?
1: Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah, He's, yeah. he's What? Well, and that, you know, people use the term legend um, lightly, but that guy is is a legend. You know, yeah. he's he's being. You know, you grow up on stuff like that, don't you? And, and he's a fantastic guy. He's got a great sense of humor, and we, we'll be booking him again several times this year. So, yeah, John Cleese is um, right up there. He's one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, I mean it's almost like they, they're not real, you know. When you see somebody those people <laughs> from the 80s, they're not they're not supposed to be real. <laughs> no. How's the, how their attitude towards doing this? Because a lot of them are very old now, and I guess it's very tiring long days doing this. Uh, I mean, are they I mean, are I'll... they doing it for the money to survive, or are they just doing it for the fans? It's a
1: bit of both sometimes, like people always need to make money, don't they? And obviously, when you're you know when you're getting older, you need to make money, it's very good money to earn off it as well. Yeah. Um see so some people Another good friend, another one, which is um, quite like the, the the personal one is Zach Galligan, sort of a gremlin. So he's like one of my good friends. I've him about 20 times. And um, yeah, when I watched the video now, I've actually texted him and go, you know, I don't feel the same. Because when you when you watch his video and you grew up with it, it's part of you, you growing up. You yeah. know the person and you're friends yeah. with it. That's spoils weird. it a bit. Yeah, it kind of spoils it. So I kind of text him going, you know what? You've ruined it now. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, <laughs> no, you know what I mean? I'm watching these scenes now with Gizmo and it doesn't feel the same, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs>
0: That's
1: so, fucking um... hilarious.
0: So let's talk about um this made... Uh, you've got this Manchester Made Me Funky. What's all that about?
1: Yeah, so that was, again, It just everything I do just comes from a passion. So obviously, like, um, going out, like, you know, we're in early 2000s, going up to, you know, 2012... Like, Funky House was an amazing scene, you know, the, yeah. the, the music that we love. So yeah, we created a brand. Manchester made me funky, and it was literally, you know, production, production, production. You know, you've you've seen a cut some of the videos. So what we did, it was no expenses spared. All the biggest PA's, you know, uh, Manchester's best, you know, most well-known DJs, and we literally put on the first two we did was uh, called Carnival. that like was in bowlers, and it literally felt like it was in Rio. You know, it was, you know, with the confetti cannons, every everything. It was just literally. The, the way I did it, I said, look, I want something going on all of the time. So we had like 40 performers from acrobats, stilt walkers, uh, you know, aerial artists. And literally ev- ev- every second you looked out, something was happening, you know, on the stage, you know, in the crowd. So par- parades and it, it just gave you that like, you know, just that carnival, you know, feel. And that's what, I, again, I just loved it, you know, just wanted to do it kind of thing. So we did a couple of real carnivals we did. um That was a, a night I always remember as a kid, near Country Golf Club. I went there and it stayed in my memory. So I thought, I want to do that. So we did there uh, just as a one-off. Um, Did um sugar rush at Bowlers. And then obviously now we've opened Shoot Bar. So we're kind of concentrating things down there for a while. But obviously I've got a lot of exciting stuff planned with that in the future. And again, it's so just stuff this, that I love doing. It,
0: this is super cool. Um, So what Andy's doing there, there was, a, there was an old bar club in uh, Ashton called Shoot. And um, he's now... Uh, bought it, the same building and, and remade it. Not exactly the same. It's is it exactly the same? No,
1: it's it's a similar. Yeah, it's a similar layout. Um, but we 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 kind of is yeah, it's 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 very similar layout. We've got some of the old DJs on and a lot of new DJs as well. But again, we've cre- created that we've got bongo players on, like percussionists, saxophone players, yeah. really cool music. You know, cocktails, etc. So we created like a really nice vibe down there, and it's going really, really well. So obviously, that's the first one of 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 many, you know, and and to be holding its own now, um, on its own is brilliant, you know. I'm really, really made up with it, so yeah, it's doing really well. And um,
0: yeah. So you're really you're really fun. passionate about reinvesting back into the place you grew up, which is yeah, that, that should be definitely. the job of the government, really, but they don't seem to do fuck all these days. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> so what's,
0: what's um, what about the festivals you've been doing as well? You've been doing these um. Macclesfield
1: Festival, is it? Yeah, so Macclesfield, I've been doing that for quite a while now. So we moved up that way. So we we did like I started doing a town's local festival that's um been running now for God what six seven years or something. Um, but I've just we've just got a new one now. So we so we're we're always got our hand in like music events. You know, like in Bowls, I've had UB40, on. I've had a Scarf Festival that I've run down there. Uh, we just got Trammere as well, Prenton Park. So we're doing a Wirral Festival this year. Uh, oh. So that's on in May. So yeah, yeah, we're always like, like I say, we're always got our hand in the music side of things as well. Um, and yeah, it's just like I say, things come up, opportunities sometimes, and sometimes you think, you know what, I'm doing, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna put something on in Bowlers like a music event because an opportunity comes up. So like I say, we're, we we do any any kind of event really, no matter what it may be. If the opportunity arises and you know when it makes sense, and we'll always look at it.
0: Is there any any famous person that you haven't yet met? But you really want
1: to meet there's loads i mean yeah If people say that all the time i mean it's kind of my job now so it does get you know it's it's not something i've never been in big into celebrities or anything anyway but if you had to there's, there's a couple that i'd you know like who, who would you want to meet it'd be like clint eastwood oh, and he's, yeah. he's not gonna he's not gonna come over and probably julie andrews which i'm working on we might get her slice Is it? that's again
0: they're too big now no,
1: no, no. But there, no, we we speak to him. Like, I say, it's just not quite happened. So, not not. We but but the biggest celebrities in the world, you know, and it's just a matter of timing, you know, with a lot of them. So it's even like Arnie. He's been ill a bit recently. We've had, you know, we've been back and forth with him a few times. Eventually, everyone will happen, or if it doesn't happen, it's through reasons like health problems, or we just don't want to do it. It's like Clint Eastwood, the guy's that rich, he's in his nineties. He just doesn't care, you know. So, um, you could offer him hundred million quid, and he probably won't bother. So it's wow. just sometimes it did. You know, it's. Sometimes it's just never going to happen, you know, with certain individuals. But ninety percent of the people we get, uh, we want, we you know, we do end up getting at some point.
0: That's amazing. What what advice would you give to anybody who's thinking about getting into this game, like you know, event organising or whatever? What's the best advice, best tips?
1: Just it's just to be honest, everything I've done, I've always been like, um, it's, it's it's passion and drive. That, that that's the thing. It's like now when you say to yourself. You know, like when I was a kid, and you said, you know, this is what you, if you told me what I'd do, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have kind of believed it. But, you know, I always remember that. It's like when Gary Neville talks about, you know, football, when he looks at Ronaldo and he was like, how can I possibly be as good as someone like that? And he, he wasn't, as, you know, talent wise, he was not on that level, but he trained so hard and he was just that dedicated at it. He made himself, you know, on that level. And I think that's the kind of thing. What I've done, it's like I'm not the best promoter in the world. Ne- you know, never thought I would be. But I'm that determined at it and I've got that much passion and drive. And if I love what I'm doing and I just put my heart and soul into it, that's the biggest thing that you can teach anyone. Any young kids nowadays, do you know what I mean? That's the biggest thing you can teach them. It's just passion and drive. If they've got that, you can get anywhere. And that's what I always say, you know. And
0: I think you're still the same gentleman you've always been. Still the same friendly Andy. What's your proudest moment so far? We're going to wrap this up in a minute. But what's your proudest moment? Um...
1: Don't know. Probably being a dad, maybe. Um, and that's obviously that's the thing that we're not talked about. Obviously, you've got to balance your personal life with, um, you know, doing all this kind of stuff, and it is quite challenging at times. You know, when you're neglecting your kids, you know, you, you are you neglecting your family and stuff, and it and it and it's tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're talking like business wise, I, you know, just monopoly events in general. I think what we've done with that company and how it's exploded over you know, a few years is it, it is incredible and I'm I'm really really proud of that, you know. And um I want to take it to I, I the thing is I feel like we're not even at 30%. You know what I mean? Like and that's the, the scale. I, I want to really take it to where it can go. And that's why the worldwide market opens up now. Like I say, UK is kind of small. We've done it, you know, we, we, we're we the market leaders, but we wanna want to dominate the world. We wanna we wanna that's go a, everywhere. Well
0: you <laughs> must be you must be very successful. Have you even checked um like where you are in the, you know, the best, the top one hundred most successful companies in, in England? Have you, well, have you, you got at, a, a ranking?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've not looked at that no. But if you look at like attendance figures on, on events, you know, we're we're putting like half a million people through venues all over the UK. We're right up there with the biggest, you know, um, attended events in in the, you know in the world. So it's again, I'm really proud of that. You know, when we're doing a couple of liverpools oh. every year, and you know, you're putting hundred thousand people through two shows, you know, it's 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 amazing. And I'm, I'm oh. like saying quite proud of it really and, and I want to uh, take it to where we can.
0: Wow you've not had any any big issues with any customers like, like nobody's going crazy in the crowd nothing like that no 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 weird no, stories.
1: no no, no <laughs> not yet no not yet no I mean you get you do get a lot of um yeah strange um things happening and like yeah little stories I can tell but no in general the crowd are great you know we're very passionate people and they're you know they love meeting celebrities and that's what we provide you know we provide a service and um you know people come and, and meet the you know the, the people they've always dreamed of meeting and have that moment with them so you know it's it's, it's great to see as well sometimes on events you seen things that, are, that like make you emotional you know when you see the reactions of people when they meet the you know the person they wanted to meet for the you know for the, for the whole life it is kind of you know it's kind of uh touching and it, it makes it all worthwhile
0: excellent um just a couple more questions but. Um, I've I've noticed you're traveling a lot with your family now. You you know you're using the time wisely. Is there anywhere you'd like to live in the future, or are you going to stay in England?
1: No, I, I just to be honest, I I, I kind of I, I kind of I, I want places abroad where I go and stay. Like I, yeah. I loved Dubai the other week; that was an incredible place. So I won't mind a place over there, maybe in America. But I think I'll always stay in, in you know at home. Um, I love I love you know um Manchester and 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 Cheshire. You know so. I'll probably I'll, I will stay here, I think for the rest of my life. Even though, no matter you know, if I uh, you know become very rich and famous, I don't think I'd move away. But I'd like I like to travel and I like to um you know I like to have places in different pla you know different cities. And like I say, Dubai is a good one. You know, Singapore places like that. I love I love all that. You know, all those cities are amazing places.
0: Well, on behalf of the entire world, I would like to say thank you for your service to humanity because you're just the entertainment god right now. Um, what's your famous last words, Andy?
1: Um, He who dares wins. So always um, take the challenge. And um, like I say, 90% of the time you'll end up winning if you've got the passion and determination to go with it.
0: Rich straight off of Holy Fills and Horses, right? Hey, listen, my man, um, I just want to say I love you. Thank you very much for coming on my show. Um, and thanks for sharing all your, your journey and your experience. I wish you all the best. Not that you need any luck. Cause you are the OG Golden Balls man. I tell you that. <laughs> Listen, good to uh, fair play to your team. Wish you a happy new year and all the best. And I can't wait to see you again, buddy. Okay. And please Thanks come lot, visit. Mate. Come over. I and will visit do. Sometime, yeah, I'm going yeah?
1: to get over there at some point. Definitely. Ma- massive, nice to see you, mate.
0: Massive open market here. I'm telling you, mate, for your kind of thing. We need, we need right. to. We
1: definitely need to get over there at some point.
0: <laughs> Absolute legend. Love you, man. Thanks very much. Indeed. All right.
1: Good take night. Care. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Bye, bye. Bye, bye.